Hey everyone, uh, my name's Aaron. I'm here with my dear friend Jeff Renfro, and uh, just excited to sit down with him today as he just shares uh, a story of, of something that uh, uh, God recently brought about in his life and through his life. And uh, Jeff underwent some things uh, medically. I'll let him get into those in just a moment. But uh, we are excited just again to sit down um, and just to, to hear his testimony of God's goodness. So, uh, Jeff, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you. At times, um, you know, I might interject a little bit, ask you some questions, but for the most part. Um, I'm going to let you share uh, God's story. All right. Thank you very much, Aaron. I'm glad to be here in more than one way. Uh, you know, it wasn't guaranteed that I'd be here tonight, but I am here, and I'm glad to be talking to you. I want to share some things with you that happened to me that I never dreamed would ever happen to me. You know, you hear these testimonies, and sometimes when you hear them, you even think, you know, did that really happen that way? You know, I... You know, I guess it's the skeptic in me. I've heard some testimonies that sounded pretty far out. But uh, I tell you, when it happens to you, uh, it gets very personal. And so this is what has happened. Most of you know I have uh, Parkinson's disease and uh, went to the hospital in Oklahoma City, OU Medical Center, just recently and uh, went through a DDS surgery. And basically that... That's a surgery where they go down into your brain with some probes and they replace the medication you've been taking and it works a whole lot better because the medication I've been taking uh, is influenced by what's in my bloodstream. So sometimes it would work and, you know, I'd seem halfway normal if that's possible. And then other times it would not work. But... Uh, Another thing this DBS surgery does is it gives you a good 8 or 10 or 12 more years of good life. And uh, I think most of us are that way. We'd rather have good life, quality life, something that we can accomplish something with than we would just to get by, you know. Yeah, and I'd agree so, with that. Yeah, so anyway, so I, I went ahead and decided to have that. There's only about 2% of Parkinson's patients that ever have this surgery. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know all the reasons, but uh, it is a scary surgery. Anytime you're dealing with the brain, you know, you, you tend to think that, you know, it's pretty serious, and it is. And they found one, right? <laughs> that was the first miracle that happened. Yeah. They found I had a brain. Praise God. And, uh, yeah, that, that's so true. But anyway, so I went ahead and, and decided I was going to do it. If I could qualify, there was quite a little bit of qualification for it, and uh, it's not for everybody. You know, and looking, I've had people ask me, looking back on it, even in light of the things that happened in the hospital, uh, you know, during this time, would I do it again? And, I, and you know, that, that would be a good question I'd have to really ponder because there's some serious things that... Uh, that happened during this sur surgery. And uh, anyway, and I'm a bit of a wimp to begin with, so it really amazed me the faith that God gave me to go ahead and do this. I know one of the reasons he did that because there were some things that happened around this surgery that didn't necessarily have anything directly to do with the surgery, but uh, had a lot to do with people knowing uh, who Jesus Christ is and his power. 
Yeah. Well, Jeff, when, when did you have the surgery? How, how recently? Well, it was about a little over a week ago, and I feel great. Yeah. I go around singing, I feel great. <laughs> da, 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 da. And I do. I feel really good. And so, I mean, I would say that's miracle number two. You had brain surgery uh, about a week and a half ago, and, and here you are yeah. um, upright and, and uh, man, just uh, going strong. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Jeff's got a, a true heart for evangelism, too. So I have no doubt that, you know, throughout this entire experience that uh, he didn't let that, that spirit that God's given him to, to reach the lost go to waste. So Yeah, I, I tried not to. I really did. And uh but some of the things that happened happened incidentally to that. And uh, so you want me to just go ahead and dive into some, yeah. things, some different things that happened? I don't know if I'll remember everything, but I'll give you what I've got. And uh, so anyway, I went in. The surgery was in two phases. The first phase was where they go in and they, they put a hole in, in your head on both sides. Uh, and then they put a probe down in there right into your brain and it has to be absolutely perfect and I guess it was I feel pretty good about it but anyway so they, they put the probes down in there and uh, that was that was about a seven hour operation and so went through that and actually that went better than the second operation because the, the second operation is where things started getting a little bit squirrely, I guess for lack of a better word. So they, uh, they uh, anyway, I went through the second operation, and that's where they take the, the other end of these probes that got wires on them, and they, uh, they've already kind of squirreled them up and put them in the side of your head. And the second one, when they go in and get the, the end of those and then run them down your neck, I've got kind of a, thing here I don't I don't know what I don't know if you can see it or not but uh, on my chest now and under that is a deal where they're going to take a computer and program me they even said my wife could uh, program in a little bit <laughs> yeah so like turn the volume up and down that kind of thing yeah, yeah. or the or the vibrate or whatever I, I'm not I'm not a doctor so I don't know but anyway yeah yeah, basically that where it'll, where it'll influence me a little more and everything. And uh, so anyway, uh, I, while I was going through that second operation where they're going to take these wires down, they're going to run them out and everything, uh, my blood pressure went sky high for some reason. Well, I know why it went sky high, and I don't know where this is going to be uh, broadcast or whatever <laughs> But bear with us, okay? I'll try to be uh, discreet, okay? But anyway, my blood pressure went way high, and like over 200 on both ends of it. My goodness. And the nurse, I knew she was upset because we had a little triage they had made where they put us out there, and, and me and a couple other guys, and uh, she was trying to get a hold of the doctor trying to find a way to get my blood pressure down. All right, here's where it gets a little bit. I hope you'll just take this in fine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you about got to. But anyway, so in the meantime, I had to go pee. I had to go to the bathroom. And I was holding it because for the second operation, it's only an hour and a half. But for a guy like me at my age, you know, an hour and a half without going pee is an eternity. 
and I had to go really, really bad, and I kept telling this nurse, and she kept getting upset with me and said, you know, you, you can just wait, you can wait. We need to get that blood pressure down. I told her at one point, uh, I said, if you'll let me go up and go over to that bathroom right over there, I could see a bathroom, I said, we'll take care of this blood pressure thing. <laughs> I will absolutely guarantee you that. And, of course, she wouldn't have it. She said, I can't let you get up and everything. And I, I had a little uh, jar thing there and just wasn't working, you know, because uh, of gravity. When you're laying flat on your back and you can't put your feet down, it's pretty hard, folks, for me to go pee, all right? And so anyway, <laughs> we kept going around and around back, about, about that. And about this time, a, a, uh, another cot came in, and there was a curtain between me and the guy beside me, and this guy was in bad shape. He'd had a lot of his brain taken out, and you could tell I could hear the, you know, in the room, you know, you could tell they were really concerned about him. And, so every now and then I'd mention, hey, I'm still over here, still got to go pee and get my blood pressure down. And finally, she came around the curtain and said, sir, do you know there's a guy right beside you that's dying? And it kind of took me back a little bit, you know. I mean, I was really hurting. I mean, I... I Put things in perspective, though. It did. And so I said, I'm sorry. So the Lord spoke to my heart and said, start praying for that guy. So I started out real quietly praying for him. And, and uh, I was praying for him and praying. And I prayed like I'd never prayed before. I don't know, there was an umption that came up within my spirit. And it was almost to the place I understood what Paul said, that he'd, he'd be willing to give his life for his brethren. And I, I've never felt that before in my life. There was a real umption, folks, came up in my spirit. And so I started praying louder. The Lord said, pray louder. I believe it was the Lord that told me that. And he said, pray louder. So I prayed louder. And then I'd holler over there and I said, can you hear me praying for you? I said, don't you dare give up. I mean, I had Holy Ghost boldness all over me by this time. I didn't care. This was life and death. And this guy was dying. I kind of felt like, you know, he's not going to die on my watch if I can avoid it. And so I started praying louder. And she finally, she, she whispered over there and said, I think that's loud enough. I said, I don't know what you, she said, she said to me, I don't know what you're doing, but it's working, keep doing. And so I did. And so, Anyway, it quieted down. And when it quieted down, this nurse blurted out, we'll put him, referring to this other gentleman, we'll put him in, in room such and such. I knew he was better. Yeah. I did. I just couldn't believe it. And so he was better. And then she turned to me and she said, we'll, we'll put this guy Let's put him in, I don't remember the room number she called or whatever. Both of them were recovery rooms. And so anyway, they started wheeling me down there after they wheeled him. And I said, is there a bathroom in that room? She said, no, but there's one on down from it. You'll see it. 
He didn't argue with me about it or anything. So <laughs> I went on down to the bathroom. I mean, we got to this room where my wife was and my daughter-in-law were, and I just got out of that bed, pulled a couple things out of my wrist, and I headed for the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, tell you, nobody tried to stop me either, brother. <laughs> I yeah. So I went down to the bathroom and started going to the bathroom. And here's where I'm going to try to be a little bit uh, sensitive and careful on. Uh, I went, I went to the bathroom. I didn't realize me trying to hold all that back down in my groin area. Also, I mean, er, I also had to go poo. I didn't realize it. So I started going to the bathroom both ways, and I started praising God in that bathroom. I mean, I was just thinking it felt so good to get relief. And I could feel my blood pressure. I could literally feel my blood pressure going down. And started feeling better. One minute I was going to die, maybe, according to this nurse talking to the doctor. You know, they was trying to figure out a way to... I mean, it was taking off like a freight train, my blood pressure. Now it was going down. Now I'm getting happy. I was happy. I mean, I started praising God for the wonderful way he made us, the way he created our bodies. I thought of scriptures I hadn't thought of in a long time. And I was praising God and, and glorifying <coughs> God. And then I got thinking, you know, there's a little sensitivity down here to get me. I, I really did. I had that thought. There's a little thing. They've got, they've got a nutcase down here. And so I just kind of, I thought, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. But I just kept doing it, kept praising God. Finally, during this period of time, the Lord laid on my heart to praise the medical people. So I started, I, I mean, there, this is a huge hospital, and there were a lot of people around. So I started thanking God for the, the doctors, thanking God for the nurses, and, and asking the Lord to remind them that they are the servants of God. They're the ones that are bringing health and healing. God is using them for healing. And I started doing that without apology. I mean, there were nurses and doctors standing all in the hallways. I looked out the door at one time, and there was a bunch of them just standing there listening to me. And I did. I saw two nurses bawling, just standing out there bawling. And so I did that. How much time I got left, brother? Now about 45 minutes. You're kidding me. <laughs> okay. All right. And so I just started praising God for them and letting them know that they are ministers of healing. And I at one point said, now, if you don't believe there's a God, I want to tell you something. There is a God, and he loves us. And I started preaching the gospel right there. And so anyway, that went on for a little while. And, boy, I was feeling so good. I was feeling good. And then I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why are you doing this with me? I'm a nobody. And why are you doing this? 
by then I'd lost every inhibition I'd ever had in my life. I felt like I said, Lord, why are you doing this? And so anyway, I was on my knees praying in the bathroom. I was all over that toilet. <laughs> I guess. And so I, I did that. Finally, uh, somebody came down there and they took me back up to the, the the regular room. It didn't have a bathroom in it, but they took me. And I was I was good then. I was feeling good, so I went back up there. And then my wife said to me, "They told us go get the car. We're gonna pick you. We're we're heading toward Claremore." Said, "You got to be kidding me. This quick." Okay, all right. So my wife and my daughter-in-law, Emily, uh, went outside, and it turned out we were in a part of the hospital somehow that was real close to where the cars, they have valet parking there, and they went and got the car, and so I, I was back down on my knees praising God and thanking him. And I, I noticed a presence behind me. Now, this place, I'm supposed to say it was Jesus, but it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think it, well, anyway. So I noticed, I turned around, the most beautiful girl I've ever seen was standing, a nurse. She was an RN. I mean, she had eyelashes that were four or five inches long, it looked like, and had beautiful little decorations on them, a beautiful, a beautiful countenance about her. And she was standing back there crying, just with a wheelchair. And I asked her, I said, uh, don't porters usually use a wheelchair? You know, I mean, they, they got people that do that. She said, I pulled rank on her. And I said, what, what do you mean? She said, I have never <laughs> seen anything like this in my whole life. I've never seen anybody pray like that? And I said, well, I've never really prayed like that before. I said, I'm just overwhelmed with the goodness and the mercy of Almighty God. I just, I, and both of us stood there and cried a little bit. She finally said, are, are you ready to go home? I said, yes, I am. So she put me in the wheelchair and started wheeling me out. We got down in the car. I was amazed how close the car was in this. I mean, this hospital covers five or six city blocks. It's OU Medical Center, uh, Oklahoma City, if I didn't mention that. And so, anyway, we, we got to the car pretty quick. It was amazing. And I got ready to get in the back. I opened the door. And I got ready to get in the back, and uh, I could hear her crying again. I said, what's, what's the matter? She said, I'm just overwhelmed. And I said, well, do you go to church anywhere? She said, yeah, Cincinnati, little Baptist church she went to. And uh, I said, just go there and thank God. Tell them this story as best you can. Thank God. And she said, well, I'm kind of not real faithful now. I've gotten away from the Lord. And so I prayed with her. She got back with the Lord. 
that quick. Jesus was waiting on it. But anyway, so I got in the car and we took off. Now, another little part of this story, I probably left a few things out, but if I got a minute. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> another little part of this story is that, uh, uh, you know, on our way back, uh, my daughter-in-law and my son, uh, my son had already left to come back because the more serious surgery was already done. And then I had another daughter that was there that left and went back too because this wasn't supposed to be the serious part of the, of the surgery so uh, anyway they they had gone on back and, and I'm kind of losing my train of thought here <laughs> but anyway let me move on real quick here and just say that uh, I got to share the gospel with my daughter-in-law and I got to share the gospel several times there with some of my family members. We got an Airbnb. I didn't even know what an Airbnb was. but It was a wonderful place. My kids all got along great. I have uh, two sons that I adopted, and then I've got three children of my own. So They didn't really know each other that well, but uh, they got along great. I was able to share the gospel all the way back home to Claremore. I mean, the trip went that quick. And uh, just, it was just such a blessing, such a blessing. And God took care of us. And I, I, there's a few things I left out, but that's all right. Uh, it, it was a wonderful time. And I thank Cedar Point, I know that you guys were praying during your staff meetings for me, and uh, it, it was just wonderful. Thank you very much. And church, I, I, uh, Rick asked me, said you want some food when we got back, and I said, yeah, get me a gob of ribs. <laughs> I found out what a gob of ribs were. <laughs> Dollar ribs are not a full rack. They're several full racks. <laughs> I feel kind of guilty about it. Matter of fact, Sunday I gave a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think I'm kidding? I'm not. Because a gob of ribs is a gob of ribs, boy. <coughs> and he was literal, and he had uh, the other Aaron, the young guy. Yeah. Go pick him up. He came by, and he was such a blessing. Yeah. Oh, to see that young man. Seth. Seth is Seth. Yes, yeah, yes, sir. Seth. I'm sorry, Seth. I, but anyway, uh, it, it, the whole thing has gone from a very scary thing to a great blessing. And what in Not because of me. Cause of Jesus. Now, let me tell you one other thing that's going on. My wife was in here. She'd tell you, I'm a changed man. I'm different. I'm different. The reality of my salvation is so much clearer than it's ever been. And my wife, bless her heart, she has been so good through this because I'm thinking, you know, if I was her and she was me, I might get sick of hearing this. And she hasn't. And I'll wake up in the middle of the night praising God. I'm not trying to, I'm not some big spiritual guy. I'm just a human being. But I'll, I'll wake up all times of the night 
singing praises unto God. I actually believe that very possibly, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I think it is, that God's going to raise a generation of people who will be like in the Old Testament. The Jews would come in, and they come in in song first and win the victory. They come in proclaiming the, the word of the Lord and win the victory. I don't know. I thought of more songs than I ever knew I knew. And I'll wake up in the middle of the night singing these songs, and Don will just sit there and listen to them and cry sometimes. And other times, I'm sure she kind of puts a pillow over her head. But, <laughs> but uh, Better than putting one over your head, right? <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. But she has been my wife. Oh. It, some of you know my background, and it's not real pretty when it comes in that area. You know, a lot of times people that are hurting find other people that are hurting to try to get together with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It happens. I've had people ask me, why, why are you coming to, you know, I came to this church for nine years and never did come to recovery. Why are you coming to recovery? And I've said, and I didn't realize what a prophetic word it was, sort of, that I'm a recovering sinner. You know, just because I never really got into drinking and drugs and some of the things that people look at that, you know, that, that I never really, I didn't like drinking. I didn't like drugs. I didn't like to feel out of control. So I, there's some of those things I never really got into, even when I wasn't really where I needed to be with the Lord. It just wasn't a, an issue with me. But... uh my goodness, God is so good if we could only. There's even been times in my life, Aaron, when I hear all these songs we come up with, you know, about uh, God's our friend, you know, and, and all this. And I know, I know it's true. I know the Bible talks about that, but there are times when I'd look at that and almost uh, kind of scoff at it and think, you know, he's almighty God, you better but he's so wonderful that he can be almighty God and still be our friend, still run to meet us like that father of the prodigal, do things that are that, that, that some people would look at as shameful. He loves us so much. And I've, I've got a taste of that now, and I love it. And I want to give it to others. There were times I wondered, I think I mentioned this to you before, maybe. I can't remember. Why am I not having any more fruit than I'm having in my ministry? I have a little ministry called One to One, and I just don't have much fruit in it anymore. Well, when I was praying for that individual who was dying, I shifted gears in praying, and I was praying with my heart, all of my heart. And I was telling him, don't give up, man. You're going to make it. And I was praying like I've never prayed before. I was groaning for his situation. And I think when the church gets to the place where we begin to groan for people's salvation, and, we, you know, it's so easy just to go through it and I think, you know, yeah, I want to see them get saved. But when we get to the place we have a burden like that, we're going to see many more people come into the kingdom 
kind of like that old fa phrase, it's overused, but I'll use it, I'm old. Uh, people don't care how much you, you care, uh, you know the phrase I'm saying? I don't think I do. Okay, well, there was an old phrase about people don't want to hear how much you, you're praying for them and everything unless they know you really care. That's not really the phrase, but something like that. And I think, now I have said this, I'm going to make this statement. Have we really gone into our prayer closet? Have I really gone into my prayer clo closet and prayed for people earnestly with groanings, prayed for their salvation? The bottom line is people are either going to heaven or they're going to hell depending on what they do with Jesus Christ. It's not real complicated because he took our sins Every sin <laughs> I've ever committed. He took our sins and died in my place. He paid the penalty. You know, sin has wages. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus paid the wages and said, just come to me and believe on me and trust in me. And your wages of sin are paid. I want to plead with you, whoever might hear this. Understand that. You can't add to it. You can't subtract from it. You're, 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 no more, you're no more right with God than you were the minute you received him as your Savior and Lord. How much time? Oh, you're good. Okay. And so understand that, please. If you're listening to this somehow, that God loves you. He gave his life for you. He gave all he had. You know, what else do you have but your life, even if you're God? He gave it up all for you. Can you imagine if you had a son and you gave it up all for the world and then they turn and they reject you? Sometimes people ask questions, how could God send anybody to hell? How could you reject his offer? How can we reject what he has offered us? I'm thankful to be a part of a church now that last year, 700 some odd professions of faith, 300 people baptized. I want to encourage our membership now. Get in there and do your part. Do what God has given you to do. Not everybody's going to do what I do and knock on doors. And that's okay. God probably hadn't called you to that. But whatever he's called you to do will be a part of people's salvation if you will pray for them and earnestly beseech the Lord for them. We must do this. We must do this. Well, I don't think I have to use all my time, do I? <laughs> nope. I think I'll just cut her off right there. Man, Jeff, I just want to say thank you for just sharing um, God's goodness and um, just the testimony he's given you, the way that he's moved in your life and in your situation. Um, it is a profound encouragement. I know to myself, and I have no doubt to, to many others. So, um, you know, just on behalf of everybody, thank you for sharing with us today. Well, you're welcome. Let me insert one little thing here. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know what God's going to do, but I, I, I feel like, I sense, because what he's done 
and me and probably thousands of others. He's going to ra raise up not only prayer warriors, but those that will proclaim through music the Word of God. And you don't have to be a great singer. I'm not, I'm not a great singer. Never will be. But, you know, when I think about that, in the middle of the night sometimes I'll wake up. You know, you hear about waking up with a song in your heart. Man, I'll just let her rip right in the house. I'm thankful I got a good wife. But, uh, man, some of us know songs from, I remember old David Engel's song. Engel, you know who he is? Not a clue. He, he's, he has a radio station called KNYD that's almost strictly a charismatic Bill, I used to listen to him back when, don't tell my Baptist buddies this, back when I was a Baptist. I mean, <laughs> when I, and there's nothing wrong with being a Baptist, okay? But I used to live, in, and he had a beautiful voice. I had a friend that had an office right next to his, Bill, who was a Baptist pastor, and one time pastored at one of the largest churches in Oklahoma. And he used to get so irritated at David Ingalls, you know, and his music, but... Uh, I remember a lot of those songs and a lot of the old hymns and a lot of the new new things. I love them too. Hey, if it's talking about Jesus and what he did for us, it's good. Remember this, uh, my old Baptist friends, uh, everything was contemporary at one time. I remember when the, the guitars first started getting into churches, other instruments. Some people thought, well, that's the devil, you know. No, it's not. All music comes from God. All music. Now, the words might not, but the music does. So let's just praise the Lord. That's one of David Engel's songs. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands to heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hearts to heaven and praise the Lord. That's an old David Ingalls song. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, right. and again, thank you, Jeff, and, and thank you, everybody, for just joining us today. Um, hopefully this has uh, found you well and, and uh, just encouraged you. Um, and we will uh, we'll see you guys back here later. Bye.